This week's episode is brought to you by My Impending Death. I mean, it's already September. Where has the time gone? My Impending Death. This week's episode is also sponsored by I'm Gonna Live Forever. I have no idea what he's talking about. I'm Gonna Live Forever. What's up with your weed? Come on now. What's up with your weed? Please tell me. What's up with your weed? I got to know. I want to be informed. What's going on with your God damn it. <laughs> you won. Hey, Nicholas, what is going on with your week? Well, my week was pretty basic, but still pretty awesome. Um, worked a lot, but I'm up for promotion, which would be nice, um, which would be more money coming my way, which might actually lead to working less, which would be really cool. Um, I had a blast last Friday at, uh, <laughs> at Elliot's going away party. Elliot and Kitty. Oh, my God. We're, I'm going to miss them. They are cool. They are cool. Um, but that party was a was a riot, and we, Gabe's Sports Bar is great. Oh, oh, by the way, Gabe's Sports with capital S, capital P, Orts Bar. Have you ever looked at that sign? Oh, it, it's a capital S and a P. Yeah, and then there, and then it just says Orts Bar. It's just I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. I find out little bitty things every time I go there. Um, there's an awesome karaoke bar we go to on the west side here in Los Angeles. Uh, called Gabe's Sports Bar. I mean, I only know it for a karaoke bar, but it's also technically a Pittsburgh Steelers bar. Woo! Um, but yeah, we did so a little going away party for Elliot and Katie, and uh, man, that's a hoot. I sang Jump is my go-to. I sang uh, Shake Your Tail Feather with Brandon. Barely. Mm-hmm. What else did I sing? Did I sing something with you? No, or we, were, we were going to sing, I think, an Eagles song or something. What did you sing? Oh, no, we were going to sing uh, Marshall Tucker Band, Heard It oh, In A Love yeah. song, but we didn't get to that. <laughs> we just know the, I um, just know the chorus. I sang The Boys Are Back In Town. That's right. That was great. <laughs> Elliot sang... Um, Creed. My Sacrifice by Creed. <laughs> we definitely got a perfect put, song for yeah. what he's and, going through. And then, uh, yeah, My Sacrifice. And then... Uh, um, uh, <laughs> Uh, Sugar Ray, uh, all things that I used to say, yeah. all things that got in the way. Yeah, two great songs. Anyways, um, I'm gonna piggyback off of your week onto my week. Um, I was there too. I did that. That was awesome. Uh, I've got a comedy show on the 24th, which is a Monday, over at Three Weavers Brewing Company at eight o'clock. Uh, another really sick lineup. Super excited. Uh, I'm traveling to Indiana to go to my alma mater, uh, Anderson University Homecoming. We're premiering our short film that I've talked about many a times. I'm excited and, and also nervous just because this has quite literally been a year in the making. Uh, so hopefully people like it. <laughs> I know they will. I know they will. I know you guys all well enough. And you guys all It's wait. just, you know, when you write something and then you perform in it and you produce it and then... You watch it a gazillion mm-hmm. times. You're like, is it good? Well, it means, I think it's it good. It means a lot to you. Yeah. Justifiably. So um, 
So I'm excited. I've got a lot of cool stuff. It's just, I'm just really busy. And then Ellie and Kitty are leaving, so I'm trying to see them a lot. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, I think that's... I think that's my week. Cool. I actually want to piggyback off what you just said because it reminded me that yesterday I was denied into my film festival that I entered my film into. <laughs> I mean, do you want? Do we want to get into that? No, okay. we, won't, we won't get into. I still think. I mean, you have why. to put that online or something. I'm gonna put it online. I have to put it online. But I want. I do want to enter it into other film festivals because that was some of the feedback I did get. Was they were like, we really did like it. And Dude, they, do you, you know, should put uh, it in other film festivals? But for some reason, they didn't pick mine. Do you and know I've got Seth my Lord? own feelings about it. I, I know. I know him. Dude, I don't should, think he knows me. But I that at the show and tell. Yeah. Yeah. Do they do that? They just yeah, screen, that's what they do. Screen vids? Uh, stuff that is, hasn't been released yet. So okay. you could do it there and then put it online. All right. I'll get you in touch with them if you want. Yeah. But we'll figure that out after the podcast. But that's uh, what's going on with our weeks. Now it's time to send it over to Trent Bruce, who's outside with the weather. Oh, thank you, Nick. Uh, yeah, just out here with the weather. Um, you would have no idea uh, that it was football season because the weather is exactly the same pretty much every day. Um, yeah, it's it's the same. I, I don't know why we do this segment. What the hell, Trent? Ladies and gentlemen, on this week's podcast, we have actor and photographer Vincent Vallejo. He's going to talk to us about all things everywhere. Vince, welcome on the welcome on the show. Thank you for having me, fellas. It is a pleasure to be on another shitty podcast. Um, yeah, you guys are very uh, entertaining, and so so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Before we go any further with this um, with this discussion, it's important <laughs> that we let everybody know that Vince is a major reason for the name of this podcast. Ooh, because when Trent and I were just sitting around my kitchen, we couldn't come up with anything, and I think that. Uh, I think that Vince no. is just walking around. Hold on. I'll pause you right there. It's okay. not that we couldn't come up with anything. Is all the ideas we had weren't good ideas. <laughs> would, you say, would you say they were shitty ideas? Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, Vince, Vince overheard and was just like, just call it that, right? Yeah, another just Damn. a shitty podcast. Yeah. We're finally having... This is like, a, if you guys remember Matrix Reloaded, he's like the architect. I am part of the inception right? of shitty yeah. podcast. I am the architect. I created the Matrix. So it's a major, a major part. <laughs> he built the Matrix. Vince was just walking around the kitchen making coffee and just out of, like off the cuff, not really paying attention. Just goes, why don't you just call it another shitty podcast? There you go. <laughs> that, that was, was great. it. That was great. I think that's my thing of like being decisive. Of like when there's too much indecisiveness, it's just like just fuck it, just bullshit. fuck it. Like hey, just call it this. Just just make a decision, dude. But this has been a long time coming mm-hmm. to have you on the show. Uh, I'm, I'm very stoked that it's actually happening. Um, dude, we've known each other. I want to say you're probably one of my first, like, real close friends in L.A. That really touches me. Well, I, I know. Where? Well, I mean, I mean <laughs> the, the past, like, year or so, it's like we see each other. Right, you know, right. We've both gotten busy, but, like, every time we get together, I'm like, we're buds. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's just one of, those, clicks. one of those, one of those relationships where, uh, you don't see each other for a long time, but when you do, it's kind of like, oh, you just... You know, catch up from the last time. But we met we met via like the improv world, right? Yeah, we were taking improv classes, um, and then we had like a routine there for like 
probably a year or two. It was, yeah, it was a long while. I remember the first time doing the improv on, what is it, La Brea, uh, Trey Stage? Is that what you called? It was Trey, Trey Stage, Stage, Stage and then we did Monkey Butler too. Yeah. Right. But I remember the first time at Trey Stage uh, seeing you and uh, another, some other friends, uh, mutual friends, performing. And um, <laughs> it was, I remember you coming up and just like, hey man, you, uh, like you're, you're pretty funny or good or some, some sort of compliment and just like, yeah, you're really cool. And I was like, oh man, thanks. I appreciate that. And I think from then it just kind of like <laughs> sealed the deal of it like, all right, right. A, a new friend, a new friend. Cause, um, I mean, I had friends, but uh, not, a lot, <laughs> not a lot of people in like in my vicinity, in my area. Yeah. And so, so that was cool. Uh, from then on. That's all it takes for men to be friends sometimes. Hey, just what's up? Oh, friends? it's literally, I mean, hey, I would say the most. You mo- seem like a pretty cool dude. Yeah. I, I, I think that's like most of my friendships. Uh, my buddy, uh, friend of the pod, Andrew Stewart, always makes fun of me because when I met him in college, uh, I was walking through on the second floor of our dorm and uh, I popped my head in his room. I'm like, dude, you guys are playing Nintendo? Oh man, I like Nintendo. Dude, we should totally play N64 sometime, dude. Hell yeah. And they're like, and that's how I met him. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that's a lot, that's pretty extreme in terms of like dudes making friends, but like, Oh, not really. What, what I mean it's, is, like, you're right. The basis of, like, it's like, you do something I like, we're friends. What a, <laughs> I have a new friend this year that I'm only friends with because his boss would order to-go food during the day, and they would just come into the restaurant, and we'd just talk, and now he's a friend of mine. Oh, yeah. So it's weird. There you go. Yeah, That's I what see. happens when the uh, there's not too much <clears throat> ego in the way. Yeah. Exactly. Well, dude, Vince, um, great to have you on. Um, we've worked uh, together on a couple things. You've definitely have been, I would say most of my like creative or professional photography that I've used have probably come through you, especially that, um, I remember you liked this one, that yellow chair, those shoes with the yellow chair. That was like my, uh, we took photos and I I put that online and people are like, are you releasing like an indie album or like, (laughs) are you a songwriter now? I mean, it looked good, but that was definitely like the vibe. For those who don't know, so Trent worked in, uh, uh, what's the brewery? Angel City Brewery. Back in the day, yeah. Amazing warehouse. Yeah. And for me, I'm just like, oh man, I got to shoot in this warehouse. What's on the, what's on the level? So when you gave me a tour, you know, and some of the, uh, the, the levels of this place is empty warehouse. I was like, the lighting is so perfect. So I'm just geeking out, yeah. you know, uh, as a photographer would. And I was like, let's do some test shoots, um, which turned out really well. And then everybody, yeah, I seen all those comments like, yo, <laughs> dude, what do you, you look like a gangster. What is this? Some cool rap album. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it was cool to put you in that, in that light to give you that feel. Um, yeah. So it's pretty awesome. That's, that's what's cool about, uh, Folks that I know that are photographers mm-hmm. or DPs or cinematographers, right? Uh, the thing that I geek out about the most about the kind of work that you do, not just capturing like a cool image or like a cool expression or emotion or whatever. The thing that geeks out, I geek out the most about is like the technical side of that. Mm-hmm. How like someone can walk into a room, because you've done this for forever, so mm-hmm. long as I've known you, is that you can walk into a room or walk into a spot outside and you're like, Right, well, the light's coming this way, so without even looking through your lens, you're like, the light's coming here, so mm-hmm. I need to block this, or I need to add this, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And uh, I remember one of the first times I saw that in L.A. was uh, my buddy Tiham was shooting a movie in our apartment, me and Sika's apartment, way back when. And he had his buddy Colin, who I'm friends with now, too, DP come in, and it was supposed to look like a... Uh, like midnight very dark night oh like horror shooting. film were they shooting for darkness uh-huh and they yeah. like blacked out the windows and like he could see 
like, oh, this is going to look like this, this is going to look like that. And I'm like, to the naked eye, I'm like, like, I was like, I was like, this looks fucking garbage. <laughs> this looks garbage. And then you look through the like video village and the yeah. monitor and you're like, wow. Yeah. And so anyways, kudos to you and folks like you that it's just like, that's definitely a, a skill and a trade that I don't have, but I think it's dope. Well, just like anything else, uh, I mean, you do what you guys are good at. What you do is your comedy and, and, uh your vision for that. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I probably wouldn't see the naked eye, but you know, when you know what you're doing, you have enough practice with it. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's, I think that's a cool like skill to have. Settle down, Trent. You know, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy it very much and try to emulate what you're really trying to do is emulate natural light, mm. you know, what the sun already does. And so just trying to copy that, uh, in a way. What's, um, what's one of your, your most favorite, most favorite. What's one of your favorite uh, projects that you've worked on? Um, I would say Geeking Out is uh, uh, being able to photograph a legend in itself. A childhood favorite was Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow, that's right. Yeah, that was cool. I was doing a spread for a magazine, LA-based magazine, and they had asked me, hey, are you oh, would you like to shoot Stan Lee? I was absolutely like, of course. Who's, who would be like, no? Yeah, who who would say no? To that? <laughs> who would say no to that? Um, and that was a cool experience. Uh, and I was nervous about it because I was like, "Here's here's the man, the legend, you know, right. that has, has been prevalent in in my childhood upbringing of of watching all Marvel characters and comic books and cartoons." Um, and so that is that was a real treat and an honor to meet the guy and cool. really kind of um, yeah share some laughs with him and some good times and him to compliment my work was was awesome. Um, a funny story with that is, is when I arrived, uh, at his office, you know, his assistant, uh, was like, yeah, come on in, you know, you can set up in, in this room down the hall and walked in and, uh, <laughs> it's like a, a big kid. There's like a pinball machine and some posters up and, uh, I looked to my left and there's the man himself, uh, Stanley at his desk and, um, it was at his computer screen and I kid you not, he was like. He was like six inches away from his computer screen, <laughs> just like his nose is almost touching it. And he was typing something and the font was huge. Like, <laughs> the, literally, he, right he blew now? it up. I, he's ooh, he's I damn near 100, right? He's I, probably in his 80s, 70s. Let's I may see. be messing that up. But yeah, the font was like 40. Like, <laughs> I, I kid you not, there was like two letters on it in his entire screen. And uh, I was like, man, he is blind. Um, but it was cool. He turned around. I'm like, how you doing? And he's like, Hey, what's going on? He's the nicest charismatic, uh, man, uh, with a sense of humor. You know, that's what keeps him young is he's always working. He's always charming and cracking jokes, which makes it fun to work with him. Um, so yeah, that was, that was super awesome. Super awesome. Um, yeah, that was a little treat. I know you also, um, was it the Philippines that you went to and you did a lot of, um, just walking around and taking photos of, just civilians? Yeah, I, th- I would say that in my career as a photographer, that was the first time really diving into documentary photography and that changed the game up for me. Which is, um, I think it's safe to say that's your, that's where you wanna be. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between setting up shoots and doing editorials and portraits. I mean, everything I shoot is usually people-based. Mm. Um, and so working with editorials and portraits is fun, don't get me wrong, setting all that up. Mm-hmm. But being in the moment and taking photos of just like slice of life things that there is no 
setting up a certain shot that you're just in that moment and you gotta capture it. And then looking back at photos and just being like, oh man, there's some magic here. That's a, that's a powerful moment. But yeah, that changed up the game for, for um, traveling. I was working with this marketing company and we went to go document uh, what this uh, non-government organization, uh, NGO, was, was building homes for uh, all the villagers who had lost them in a typhoon. Um, Way cool. Yeah, and that was, that was a humbling experience, being deep in the jungles and working with these villagers. Um, it was super amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And one of the other things that I think is really cool that I know you did, I think you did it maybe a year ago-ish, it could be off, um, is that you did, you did a boxing match. Mm. Yeah. So you were scrambling all around the ring and... Oh, I remember those. Those were dope. Yeah. Yeah, those were dope. It was definitely a time in my career where uh, I was like, you know what, I'm going to spearhead anything, uh, any fear, any my direction. So I was given the opportunity to to shoot some boxing with Don King, uh, ringside. Holy and, shit. um, a friend had asked me, another photography friend, uh, passed it on my way and was like, Hey, would you like to do this? I was absolutely. And you know, I have never shot any sports at all. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to shy away from this. So I went around Los Angeles and went to different boxing rings and asking if I can just like shoot, you know, boxers kind of doing their thing just to kind of get that practice. Um, oh, wow, that's great. And so I was able to capture that whole fight. It was a big heavyweight championship fight. It was the first uh, uh, Haitian-American versus the first Mexican-American, and whoever won was going to be the first in, in uh, their weight class. Um, and so I would I would document the uh, the conferences before, so all the shit talk and all the smack talk and leading up to the fight, which was cool to experience that in old Don King and in himself, man. That guy is hilarious. Oh, God. That dude just loves to ramble on. Yeah, that dude is a character. Yeah, he's a character. He's historical, too. Um, so it was great to be a part of that. But yeah, running around the ringside, I was super nervous, but I have to watch a fight that close and personal, not just ringside, but like when you're in a lens, you're in their grills. Yeah. And so that was fun, running around ringside and whenever any one of these guys would just get clobbered, you know, I'd feel that sweat just hit me. Um, <laughs> and it, but it was fun. I, I had a blast. I had a blast. My jaw hurt the entire time because, you know, I, anytime I'm shooting, I always chew gum. And oh. so, you know, uh, my jaw was pretty sore that, that whole next day afterwards. <laughs> but it was a super cool experience of, of shooting that. And I think from that, you know, I, I gained more of a love for, for shooting sports. Yeah. Um, yeah, capturing some good moments in that. Why the gum? Just what keeps me going, keeps, you know, I guess, you know, some saliva in my mouth that just one of those things to uh, entertain my, like, my mouth of, like, doing something while I'm thinking. Mm. Well, there's, there's studies yeah. that show that doing that or, like, um, hard candies, it, right. it affects your uh, cerebral capacity, I guess. Yeah, I would say that. I, uh, I agree really with that. Really, focus and yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. When you're doing, like, a... A task that you're repeating or right yeah it's always I always have gum with me um, when I'm shooting hmm. it's just because yeah I'm thinking about so much there's so much just processing like okay what's the lighting what's my settings and this particular thing what's what's going on what's going on so it gives me something to do cool yeah. So on um, speaking to that um, a lot going on and, and a lot of thoughts occupying your mind you're you're on this um, this like sort of personal journey uh, currently like getting inside your own head and figuring out kind of what you need to do as a person to get to a certain point health wise. Mm -hmm. Um, can you speak to us about that? And uh, yeah, absolutely. As, as far as my personal journey, um, I believe everybody has their, a certain 
point in their life where it pushes them for uh, a change, uh, whatever that is. Yeah. You know, dieting. People want to get on this path of let me get on a diet, let me get you know in shape or whatever. Right. And so uh, a lot of that's my personal one is stemmed from. Uh, it's a common thing, like everybody else, like from a breakup. And from that, it just like pushed me into this like transformational stage of like, ah, I'm tired of these old ways. And mm-hmm. so um, I just took it upon myself to like put in a lot of work and seek out some some guidance or some tools of really how to rewire my brain, mm. um, which have been amazing. But um, realizing, you know, the more you know, it's so true, is the more you realize you don't know. Uh, and to really... It's true. Dive into that. Um, I, I feel like it's funny. I feel like, yeah, we are so complex as far as humans uh, that the amount of potential that we really don't tap into is is mind boggling to me. I'm like, man, if you can, if I can really tap into the full capacity of what I'm capable of, you can do almost anything. Yeah. And so I now I, I like to stay in that curiosity instead of like fearing uh what's not having control about something like what's around the corner mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know no to really maintain a sense of curiosity like a child and be excited about it yeah. and that, that has shifted a lot for me and I take that into uh, you know my career in photography I take that into any anything I do creatively or just paths in life just stay curious um, is there is there something that you've done <clears throat> recently on a daily basis that has become part of like a new healthy routine or like yeah. even just like a form of meditation or anything like that or anything that you're really advocating for so i know i'm a very head spacey person like i'm just like in the head um and so i was i was told like hey you should really get in tune with your body because mm. you're so much in your head so i was like well, what does that look like uh, and so I took it upon myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make it into the gym and just work out and really get in tune with that. I do a lot of indoor rock climbing, so it helps me be present. But I would say, yeah, I I started some meditation process. Didn't know how to go about it. I'm like, what is this meditation? You know, mm. I got a lot of thoughts. But uh, I've gone through some like guided meditations and have this cool app um, that I use. And so in the morning, my routine would be uh, wake up, do some yoga. And that's kind of new for me to kind of get in tune with the body. And then uh, do some meditation, cool. which is amazing to kind of, you know, yeah. ease me out. And then, um, you know, set some intentions for the day, which has been, it's a game changer. Not realizing when I don't do it, um, how much of it affects my entire day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I don't, I just feel kind of tired and just feel groggy or not present. Yep. Um, so it does, it does help, you know. It's incredible cool. how much just like 10 minutes of, um, the, the meditation that I've done is pretty is pretty bare bones, but it's like 10 minutes of quiet and just focusing on breath. Mm, and that sure, alone sure. can really kind of reset your brain and get you ready to rock for the day. Yeah. Um, and it's it's nuts. It feels like you're cleaning out your system. Right, right. Um, and I think you've gone a lot more in depth than just that. So uh, can, can you speak to like what the difference is that you've noticed on this journey between like Vince before and Vince now? I would say the major difference is um, hanging on to thoughts uh, or I should say stories. So the language, uh, using myself as an example, the language I would have with myself wasn't always the best. 
um, you know, I would. Well, that's I, fair, dude. I think a lot of people deal oh, with that. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, I think a big thing is, is how are you talking to yourself? Mm. You know, the, the person you're going to spend the most time with is yourself. Yeah. And you so what does that relationship look like with the self? Mm. What is that language and conversations you're having with the self? And you're not always present about it. You're not always conscious about it. Like, you know, you're going through something. It might, you know, it sounds kind of cheesy, but like, are you really kind to yourself or not? Mm. Do you shit talk yourself? Are you your biggest fan or biggest supporter? Right. And so uh, realizing myself that I haven't always been like, I'm good about supporting other people, but when it comes to myself, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Like I'm not the biggest support. And so really changing up the dialogue, having with the self. So before in the past, I would just dive into like fear. It's always the root of it is always fear. Mm, and so changing that up of, uh, I think meditation has helped with this is whatever the thought is, uh, whatever the story is that you tell yourself um, to change that up. Um, usually I would live in the past or in the future. So not really in the present. So if I'm thinking about the future and not having control of something, um, the situation or just making it up, that's not even real because it hasn't happened yet. So mm -hmm. to come back to the self and just be like, all right, you know what? I got this. I can make it whatever I want to make it as far as my situation or my future or whatever. And so meditation has helped with um, as soon as a thought comes in, you know, let it come in and then let mm -hmm. it go. Let it drift off. You don't fight it. No, you don't, you don't got to fight it. You ain't got to fear it so much or even fear in itself mm -hmm. is uh, I... Learn to reestablish my relationship with fear uh, and take it as a messenger. So yeah. if I'm starting to fear something, it's usually because I'm out of my comfort zone, um, which means I'm like changing. There's change mm. happening. And so to really change that up, I, I took it as a messenger. So whenever fear happens, I'm like, what is this trying to tell me? Um, and then really kind of sit with that and then keep on trucking on, yeah. um, which has helped a lot. You can kind of use it as a tool, I guess. Oh, for and like, sure. It seems like going back to what you were when you were asked to do the boxing match, um, probably you felt a little bit of fear in that. Oh, it was absolutely. You done. Absolutely. But you were able to make the switch where you're like, okay, I fear this thing. Yeah. So I'm going to do it. And you throw yourself into it. And right. And you realize that there's so much growth that can come from something, from facing a fear right. that you have head on and just jumping into the pool. Yeah, it's definitely making a commitment to do something. So. For myself, if you are to say, you know, a lot of people say, hey, fake it till you make it, uh, mm -hmm. be happy or be confident. If you're not really feeling that completely, you're just basically bullshitting yourself. Yeah. You're lying oh, yeah. to yourself, right? Yeah. So to change up that dialogue of, of uh, you know what, I may not be the most confident or whatever the case is, uh, to change up the dialogue to, you know what, I am, I am open to what this looks like, what, mm. what confidence looks like, or what yeah. happiness looks like. I am, I am open to redefining it. So that way you're not completely BSing yourself. At least it, you can buy into that and then commit to that. Mm -hmm. And that's worked a lot with any type of photography uh, uh, jobs I've taken on of like, you know what, I'm committed to this and uh, I'm going to make this work, you know. Um, and that has always proven to me on the, on the results. Um, of like, oh wow, I really did pull that off and it turned out amazing. Yeah. And then that's, that's courage, you know, to face some fears into anything uh, and going through it as, a, as opposed to, you know, running away from it that produces just more courage. I like the um, adding, adding like that little caveat at the end when you say something like, oh, I'm, I'm not the best uh, this or I don't have the most this. At the end of that sentence, if you just add yet, like I'm not the best Oh, right, yet, right, yeah. 
and it allows you to it allows you to um, accept yourself a little bit more, knowing that you have room to grow, but also knowing that you're going to go after that growth. Exactly. And eventually, you will be. Like, oh, I need, I need to work on this with my photography, or I need to work on this with my improv, or my acting, right. or my podcasting, because I'm not good at it yet, but I will be if I continue to work at this. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, uh, for my two cents, is just putting in the work. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, and picking something, you commit to it and put in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's kind of a, a, a little more, I guess, smaller or more uh, tangible example, too, but like... I know we're kind of talking big picture stuff, but like you and I, Nicholas, uh, be like, hey, I mean, we, we talked about doing a podcast for a long time. Yeah. And then like one day, I think you brought it up again. I was like, why haven't we done this yet? Mm-hmm. We're both, I'm like, well, I don't know how to do it. And you're like, well, I don't know how to do it. I'm like, well, let's do it next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the, you know what I mean? I right. mean, that's a smaller, like, you know, little fun example, but I mean. But that's how you get better at things. And that's how you start somewhere. Yeah. It's like, um, I'm, you could be like, ah, oh, I don't, uh, this is, maybe this is a shitty example, but it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to have a family. I don't know what it's <laughs> like to like, but, but you have to start somewhere. I think that a lot of times when people are starting a family, they're like, I don't know how to be a dad. We gotta have swimmers suddenly, first. Suddenly. We gotta have working swimmers first. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, for the most part. I mean, <laughs> well, maybe not, not in 2018. There's a whole bunch of <laughs> medicine you could use someone else's swimmers. I guess. Well, for the most like, part, I mean, you're not gonna learn things. Experience. You just gotta dive into it. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody else knows, and you're gonna grow and learn after just experiencing and diving into it. Um, Nike, you just you just do it, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the, with anything you don't know, I mean. You know, thankful for 21st century technology and Google. I don't know how many times I've, you know, with photography, a lot of it I just kind of like self-taught because mm-hmm. I've just Google how to do something or reach out to photographers or YouTube a lot of things, you know. Mm. Um, it's so, all out there. Yeah, it is all out there. So there's nothing you cannot do unless you're physically incapable. Um, but it's all out there. And so you just got to dive into it. Yeah, I mean, if we, I mean, I'm sure there's certain people that you look up to, whether it just be like, you know, an athlete or someone in your field or just like someone that's in- inspirational. Like so many people that I look up to, whether it be someone like The Rock or like an, an actor or um, a musician or anyone. I just say The Rock because I love Yeah, I love that you gave one I reference. Love I love The Rock. Hey, just, I love who, doesn't, who doesn't love but dude, Dwayne Johnson? Like, if you talk to anyone, man, that has had any kind of success, and that's not just money or fame, but like success in their life, what have they told you? They fail miserably yes. a gazillion times. Yeah, gotta if fail. you're going to be good at anything, you have to suck. You know, and it's like, to. I'm trying to think of someone in my own life. I mean, crying out loud, I mean, my my stepdad, he's like, his, his career has been wild. Like he owned a deli and then like he moved to Missouri, married my mom. And then he like went back to school and like worked through the Missouri um, government system and then now is like a CEO and it's like it's crazy you know what I mean but he never would have been there if he would have just been like well I didn't get that job right or, I mean you could say this about anyone mm-hmm. but um, for crying out loud I mean just what we're doing out here you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. um, I think it's definitely <laughs> shifting I think it's important to shift your perspective on things so a lot of people 
will fear doing something based on, ah, oh, well, I failed. I don't want to fail again or whatever. But to really shift it as like, hey, this is an opportunity. Like, oh, and being thankful for that. Like, I failed at this. I'm going to take that, you know, thank you for that opportunity for, for growth. And now I know I can carry this on into the next, you know, mm-hmm. opportunity. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know, however many years ago, like, you know, oh, I've, you know, never acted anything or never wrote anything, mm-hmm. never photographed anything. We could have left it at that. Right. You know what I mean? You know, if you're interested in something, um, I think the worst thing to do is, is to not try. Yeah. The only thing you're hurting is yourself. And, th- and think about think about how that affects other people. Right. Mm. Like if I brought some kind of joy, um, you know, when I was regularly putting out sketches or when I do my comedy show or even this podcast, some kind of joy or some kind of one positive thought to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got buddies shouting us out, you know, uh, McCafferty and Cameron listen to the podcast and they're like, I think, I think my buddy Cameron and his wife, Hannah, I think they, they've told us they sit around and listen to the podcast and have dinner and put a puzzle together. That's awesome. And it's like, I mean, so cool. you know, they're the homies, but that, I know that that makes them feel good. That makes me feel good. It's a win, win, win. We were at a party win, 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 on win. Friday. We were at the party on Friday. So many people were just like, "Oh my God, how's the podcast going?" And we really loved listening to that. Oh, they were and saying this. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, overcome with like, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that anybody actually cared." Yeah, <laughs> we're just cool. gonna do this for ourselves. But to go back to what um, what what, what <laughs> Vince was saying earlier. Uh, I think that there's a there's something to be said about going through life and being able to use everything as a learning experience. Right. And and saying and for all your failures and all your successes, um, failed relationships, failed uh, failed uh, creative jobs, <laughs> not being able to make a sandwich one time. Like maybe maybe <laughs> you failed when you were cooking dinner or something. Mm. But as long as you're not like as long as you're not like oh man I suck, I'll never be able to do this. And you look at it from the standpoint of, oh, I sucked that time, but now I know that this, I need to change this. Right. I need to do this differently so that the next time I'll be better. Yeah. The biggest thing is uh, that really hinders self is self guilt and self shame. Mm -hmm. And you can get, you can get stuck there in a deep well. I know I'm guilty of it. Um, And so I had to change that because I was just like, oh man, like, oh, I sucked in this relationship and I sucked in this situation, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But to change it up and, and, you know, kind of forgive the self and it's like, cool, take it as an opportunity. And I feel like by showing up and being present in a place of gratitude to be thankful for things and just, you know, thankful for, uh, uh, opportunity every everything can be an opportunity and if you shift it that way i know for myself uh it has brought a lot more peace um and in perspective of like okay now i've I've grown from this i've learned from this how can i do it next time how can i do it next time um and and it's done wonders and like i said it's just kind of shifting up the dialogue you have uh with yourself is there somebody um either like via social media or books, or podcasts, or audio, uh, anything like that. Is there someone, um, you know, teaching-wise, or celebrity, or whoever, or athlete that you are like, man, I love what this guy is doing. Yeah, I would say the biggest (laughs) source of motivation. I'm the type that needs, like, that coaching mentality of, like, you know, 
really pushing some someone to really push me kind of tough you know? love kind tough of tough love kind of thing you know and i think it's all those years from like playing and yeah, i played football uh back in high school but having that coach mentality or uh, being coached um has always kind of uh hit me to the core and pushed me and so you know a lot of times when i'm working out or starting in the morning and not feeling the best not feeling you know whatever the most confident the most like go get them kind of attitude i would just literally youtube motivational videos mm-hmm. and to have a compilation of all of these great individuals just sharing dropping knowledge and, and really motivating um has shifted things for me uh and it really encouraged me and got me pumped up um and changed that dialogue of really just like me soaking it all in hmm. uh, and i'm like okay i got this i yeah, got this nice. you know there's yeah. a there's a friend of mine um when i was going kind of through this is about a year and a half ago i was kind of getting really down on myself because like I wasn't getting the opportunities that I wanted to, um, just to audition, and I was kind of letting that affect my life. And I talked to a buddy of mine, Brett Davis, and I was like, he's he's the most positive person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, how do you how do you just have this positivity all the time? And he's just like, well, I work on it. Yeah. He said every day, when I start the day, I watch a ten minute something, be it like Tony Robbins or like. Uh, C.T. Fletcher, somebody that's just like getting me psyched on the day and spreading positivity, and he's and then I just take that out with me into the day, mm, and yeah. I meet everybody with that positivity. Right, and it's infectious. It's just like putting yourself. It's like kind of going back to school. You need some sort of mentorship or guidance mm. if you don't have it, mm-hmm. and you need to seek that out. Yeah, um, you have to be open to it. Yeah, I mean, I listen to Tony Robbins, and and uh, I'm just like, oh man, like thanks, I needed to hear that. Um, but it's all available out there and you need that because you need to get that truth for yourself and you need to practice at it and practice at it until it becomes, you know, truth for yourself, um, a common thing. Something that I uh, want to kind of add to that is, you know, the power of, you know, positive mm-hmm. self-talk, self-care and that leaking into other areas of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that I've been really conscious of, especially this year, like I made like a um, very thoughtful process was that um, cutting out like situations or relationships or people that are like toxic. Oh yeah, Yeah. it's a super hard. I think, and I think that's even, and maybe this is like the pessimism. I think, I think toxic, like I think that kind of person or experience or environment or whatever mm-hmm. that is sometimes <clears throat> easier to succumb to and um for me it's like i love like getting motivated and, and positive talk and little videos and phrases and so yeah. but, but i feel like there's something about that it's like sucks sucks people down yeah. it's i think it's safe to say and this is why you have to do you have to embrace working on yourself um, because there's something that for for worse it's not for better that's so inviting about toxicity mm. um, which is why you have to fight it with working on yourself mm. and positivity and being able to recognize it's a big step being able to recognize toxic uh, people or things in your life and knowing that you know there's a what do they say about about people it's like there's a there's a season for every what is it that someone people are here for a season or a lot I forget what it is but 
the long story is short, you can learn from all of your relationships, mm-hmm. and sometimes those relationships run its course. Right. And you, yeah. And recognizing that is a major step towards self-growth. Well, they say a lot of either people, you know, are here to stay, or some people are just meant for lessons to learn, yeah. to learn something, uh, which is very true. I mean, I think to be conscious and aware of... Um, you know, kind of what's going on around you. You know, if I used to be very reactional, and so I'm just like, ah, I don't like mm-hmm. this group or whatever. But to really yeah. go in deeper of like, well, why don't I feel good in this group or in this setting? Of like, oh, it's because like, I'm not vibing with the people around here. I'm not, I'm not on the same level. I'm not really into what you're into. Um, and so, why do I need to surround myself in this environment? Am I growing from you? Am I not growing from you? Basically, you know, does this serve me? Does this not serve me? Uh, and so that is that is has been prevalent with me. Um, so if I'm around people that are really challenging me, making me think, then uh, you know I will I will hang around those type of people um, because you need that. You need to be challenged. You need to grow. And if you're not growing with certain people, then you really need to really you know check yourself yeah. and Change question it. yourself. You know, is this is this aligned with my goals or what I'm trying to go yeah. with? Or is it just like you know a placeholder? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, one one thing I kind of want to um, veer off of this positivity highway, if you don't mind. Yeah, fuck positivity. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love it. I love it. But you've been someone, Vince, throughout our friendship that I always, um, in addition to like your creative side and your career with um, photography and acting and creating things, uh, you're someone that I always have in my head when I think of good music <laughs> i always think of vinnie um oh, yeah. just because back in the day man uh, we used to hit up piano bar a lot r.i.p yeah. piano bar oh, rest in peace um but dude right now um give us a few artists either new old or just something you're on uh that that we should listen to and our our listeners should check out yeah so i'm definitely an old school soul my mom says i was born in the wrong era um i get stuck on listening to all the old school stuff but i would say recently i've been i've been bumping a lot of uh the blues uh, singer musician Junior Kimbrough, mm-hmm. um, and his stuff still holds up to today, and it's so amazing. Um, so I've just kind of been in that vibe. Um, as far as new artists, I'm. I feel this is where I feel old, even though I'm not old. But uh, when I don't know a lot of new artists until people put me onto them. Um, well, I think someone that you and I both liked. Who passed away recently? I think the last year or two was uh, uh, Mr. Charles Bradley. Charles Bradley. Yeah, Charles man. Bradley. Um, dude, what a, eagle. what a what a what an interesting career. I mean, this yeah, guy yeah. did um, he did James Brown yeah. impersonation like his whole life, mm-hmm. and we just do like little bars, and I think in uh, was it in Brooklyn? He traveled around New York or whatever. Yeah, I think he like was just hitchhiking just all around the country. But he used to do a lot of, uh, for those of you don't know, a lot of James Brown cover songs because he sounds like them. Yeah. Uh, And then he got signed to um, uh, Daptones Records. Well, yeah, and these guys found him, and then they're like, and he's like in his sixties. Oh man, he was like sixty-one when he sixty-two when he did his first album. They're like, dude, we have to, we have to make music with you. Yeah. And they literally here just tell us about what's going on. And like his stuff is so super soulful. Yeah, soulful. And he does a cover like, of, uh, I think, Black Sabbath yes, uh, changes, does. and yeah, it yeah. is one of the most amazing oh covers. God, that's such a good song. Yeah, I had the oh man, it was it was such a privilege. I was at some uh, some speaking panel at the Grammy Museum, and on this panel was the uh, 
the CEO uh, of uh, Daptones Records, uh, Gabe, his name is Gabe, and so he's worked with Charles Bradley. So I was able Amazing. to meet him afterwards at a, everybody was hanging out at a bar and they were spinning some 45s and I was just like, hey man, I'm a huge fan of Daptone Records and Charles Bradley, what was it like to work with them? Uh, and he was saying he likes to do a lot of cover stuff, so we had to really push him to do his own music, yeah. to hear his own voice. That might just be yeah. from familiarity, right? If he spent all that time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's all, if, you know, if that's all he's used to. Um, but yeah, so if you guys don't know, go Spotify, Charles Bradley, dude is super amazing, soulful, rest in peace. But, also, oh yeah. uh, Taj Mahal. I know you've been bumping some Ooh. Taj. You know, I, I think I'm just thinking the blues era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like in the blues, New Orleans, rock and blues. It just I feel really like that's your me. soul, though, you know? Yeah, that is my soul. Yeah. That is my soul. You're not bland, I'll tell you that. No, right. man. Music, yeah. is, music is so good, and music just really speaks to me. Um, you just made your first song like a week ago. Yeah, I had the. Uh, I mean, I, I, I jam for fun, but. Um, there was a performance, a gathering going on, and and a friend asked me if I wanted to perform, and I was hesitant about it. But oh, cool. uh, yeah, I was That's like, you know awesome. what? I'm a f- I'm nervous about this. That means I have to do it. I yeah, fear this, so I have to do it. Uh, actually, no. so normally I'll, I'll I'll do some singing and 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 jam on the guitar, but. I actually went completely different. I did some I did some rapping, some flowing. Oh, that's right. <laughs> you yeah. made this song awesome. in that's right. one night. That's yeah. Awesome. I guess it was, I was just up in the Bay visiting some friends and at this hip hop festival. And that really took me back to my hip hop days. And then I was at the Hollywood Bowl checking out Common, which is one of my favorite rappers. I'm Shout so out to Common. About that. And uh, I was uh, just in this hip hop state of mind. And so when I had to write this song, this was on a Saturday and I was procrastinating and it wasn't until five o'clock the night before on a Friday where I'm like I committed to this so I gotta make this happen so I just locked myself in my room and uh, was just kind of like you know had some intentions of let this flow out of me whatever whatever it is and so the hip-hop gods uh, uh, flowed through me and so had my first uh, live performance and had some positive feedback and man I was nervous but uh, (laughs) it was liberating cool well Vince uh, thank you so much for being on this week's episode. Yes, thank you for having me. It's been um, super dope. If we want to look up any of your work or just keep in touch with you, where can we find you? Uh, so you could find me on any social media platform at uh, VV, that's two V's as in Vincent, Pictography, P I C T O G R A P H Y, Pictography. Um, so all my work is on there. Yeah, so give me a shout out. Let me know if you guys want to collab. Um, yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you so much, buddy. Yeah, thanks Thanks. for having me. It's been a pleasure to be on here with you two guys who have known for a while. And so uh, it's amazing. Continue on the great podcast. This is going to be a great day. I feel very motivated. It is a very great day. I feel motivated. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. And Nick, uh, bring something to our attention. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm having a house party on October 6th. DM me for the details. Trent, bring something to my attention. Uh, So on October 27th, we're having a bigger house party at our place. It's a Halloween party, and it's our third or fourth annual one. And this year we're doing it with the girls upstairs, so it's going to be a double party. October 27th. I'd like to bring to your attention that I didn't realize this was a competition. I thought we were all friends here. I'd like to bring to your attention that 
Life is always a competition. Win, 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 win. I'd like to bring to your attention that if this is survival of the fittest, I'm the fittest. I would like to bring to your attention that this is a podcast and no one can actually see what we look like, so I sound better than you, so that means I'm the fittest. I'd like to bring to your attention that... Um... I got a house party on October 27th. Fuck. (laughs) Nick's also throwing a dope party on October 6th. You should go to both parties. DM us for details. (laughs) You gotta fight! So, this week in hip-hop, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, Nick. Yeah, we do. I wanted to start off with hip-hop because, quite literally, you told me about that clip about Kanye. I can't believe I hadn't seen it before. Yep. That was this week, yeah? I think it may have been even yesterday, where he's walking down the street. In Chicago. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, talking directly to uh, Drake, Tyson Bedford, I guess, and yep. then um, uh, Nick Cannon. Yeah. Uh, which is... And it's of, all about his... It's all about Kim. Yeah, all about Kim. Um, dude, I wrote... Because <laughs> we... Uh, I just... Can I, can, I, can I just say, like, the part that I just can't get enough of go, is go, that go. he literally said, now that I've left the sunken place. Now that I'm... About the sunken place. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Kanye legitimately believes that there is a sunken place and that he was in there? I think that here's what I think. I think that Kanye heard enough people say that he was in this place that he believes he was actually in a place called the sunken place. I wonder if he. That's what I. I wonder think. if he's even seen Get Out. That would be that'd be funnier if he hadn't seen he's it. He's been making too many beats, man. He doesn't have the time. But anyway, how Trent? How? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, before we even um, before we even do this section of the podcast, we jot down some notes and do a little research, and we both wrote down Kanye. That's funny. Um, and we always joke about that. This week in hip hop is actually just this week in Kanye. Um, we actually haven't mentioned him the last couple weeks, so well. Friend of the pod, we, Kanye yeah, friend, West. Friend has of been... the pod at Kanye West. If you want to be on this, we would love to have you. Yeah. Um, Big fan <laughs> since we're since I was yeah, a kid since I was fourteen yeah um, but anyways man I don't know what's going on there he said he's gonna put out Watch the Throne two I was talking to someone oh hold up hold up what does that mean with Jay so yeah that's what I'm getting at I was uh, I was talking to someone earlier today about that if Watch the Throne two came out right around the same time that Watch the Throne one came out and we were getting that Kanye like maybe like a year afterwards that Jay uh-huh. I'm all about it I'm pre-ordering uh-huh. that shit uh-huh. Watch the Throne 2 is now what 7-8 years later with this Kanye we're kind of in a strange spot with both of them well but definitely a stranger spot with Jay's yeah. fine and I know your opinion about Jay I'm a super fan he's my favorite all time I actually enjoyed 444 um it was a different piece uh than he's used to. Some people are arguing that, you know, he's just milking it and just trying to make a buck. It does seem he, like he's coasting. Um, Plus, now he's the fucking art director of Puma. He's, and he's, he's an agent for yeah, athletes. He's, he's doing where, a lot. Where do you have the time to 
exactly. make words rhyme together. But I think that the, the important thing that Jay does that no one does and no one ever has done because hip hop as an art form is very, very young still. I mean, he's the oldest to do what he does mm-hmm. and to say somewhat, you know, some people say that he's not relevant, but you want to look at the record sales and the streams and you want to look at that all the tickets they're selling on this tour. The dude's got a brand. I mean, he's still, mm-hmm. and especially since he's attached to Beyonce, Yeah, his career has been in the Which I think we've talked about that being a business move. I want to say it's true love, but, because uh, I'm romantic about them. I but yeah, bet the house that it's not. It's also probably uh, a very good business venture. Uh, but yeah, that's what's going on in hip-hop. Um, also Eminem in the... Oh, Machine Gun Kelly shit. My boy, my Michigan maniac Eminem is just please talk about wiping it because, the because floor with MGK's punk ass. Because I'm like, I don't really give a shit. Like I, it's kind of my like, heart of hearts. I don't give a shit. It's kind of like weird. It's almost like M has done him a favor because people are like, most people are like, who's MGK? And other people are like, oh yeah, I forgot that that guy existed. Um, but you can't be talking about someone's daughter in that fashion. Listen, not ends. Yeah, well, you can I'm, saying, much... I'm saying anyone is not going to take right. all of that. Don't you're coming. Know. You're coming at. You're not. You're not getting M. Right. You're not getting Marshall. I, I, is this Slim? Are we saying is this more of Slim? I don't know. No. What do you Slim's think? a little goofy. Okay, so this is Marshall. This is like shady. <laughs> Okay, all right. He's because Killshot went in on yeah. this kid. Yeah. Um, and now we've got MGK just acting a fool on the Breakfast Club, talking about uh, different women that he's had relationships with. Relations. Relations with, um, under behind the backs of the men that those women are actually dating, and so far Halsey for sure, and I'm sure other girls have been like, uh, actually that's not true. Please stop saying that. It's a really awkward interview if you watch him. He's just a phony, is what it seems like he's a phony. Yeah. I'm I'm not a fan, and I've never, I couldn't tell you one of his songs or Mm -hmm. records or anything. Uh, He just seems like a phony. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of me is like, why is M even giving him the time of day? I think he's bored. I I feel like M's going down. I don't think so. That was. I think he's lowering himself. Killshot was. Well, there's, some sort, there's some sort of like record it hit on YouTube. It was like the the fastest to like a billion streams. That's fine. And that's like, great. And I think that song murdered. Yeah. Pun intended. But I think that him, you know, almost him even addressing it is like, you're Eminem. But it's got people talking about him. And we're talking and about the pod right let's now. Let's talk about this. Speaking of speaking of Jay being old and keeping himself relevant, M is the same age. Mm-hmm. These yeah. these guys are uh, they won't let it go. I think as as much as I prefer M over Jay, I appreciate that both of them won't let him go. Won't let it go mm-hmm. because what do we have without them? <laughs> well, I think it's we they, have a little. I think it's cool to to you, you need people in there. Mm-hmm. You need you know, it's like let's say baseball, right? Yeah. So you retire, and if you're good at what you did, hopefully in some capacity you move on to the like the coaching staff, mm-hmm. and you feed into those those young talents, mm-hmm. right? So similar to this rap game, like 
obviously a certain age with sports, you're not going to be able to perform. Right. But if you're talking about the mind, your intellect, and the mm-hmm. words that you're using, mm-hmm. um, there's not a time limit on that, nope. in my opinion. You could argue that you should be getting better. You could be getting better if you're working on it. So um, one last thing about hip-hop, though. Um, I'm a big fan of Anderson Pock, and uh, he's been releasing stuff out that he's... This whole, I think this whole record he's putting out is a Dre record. So, Whoa. Dr. Dre and Anderson Pock. So I think we're gonna see. Wait, a is cool this uh, is this the Chronic too? You you mean is this uh? <laughs> what is it? McCaffrey, Chris McCaffrey's gonna kill me. Is this? What uh, the fuck is it? What the fuck is it called? Oh my god! Why can't is I think shit? about it? No, it's not the Chronic Two, dude. Because that's the Chronic Two Thousand One. <laughs> Detox. There we go. Detox. detox, man. No. Fuck detox. Is this detox? No, this is the real detox. It's gotta be. It's Dre. Nowadays, everybody wanna talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. And motherfuckers act like they forgot about Dre. And that's this week in hip hop. Trent, you wanna talk some wrestling? Yeah, so this week in wrestling, um, got a lot to catch up on. We just had Hell in a Cell WWE pay-per-view last week. Um, Becky Lynch beat my queen, Charlotte Flair, for the uh, SmackDown Women's title. Damn. Um, A lot of people in my friend group and my wrestling circles are talking shit. And they're like, it's Becky's time, it's Becky's time. In my opinion, Becky's going to get her 15 minutes... She's going to have a good feud. I hope the best for her. I like her as a heel. I like her as a bad guy. At the end of the day, the queen will be back on her throne sooner than later. You got a preference. Sooner than later. preference is named Charlotte Flair. So, it was a good fight. I would like to see more with this program. I like the heel turn. It's the classic best friends turning against each other. I mean, it's, it's an old story, but I think they're doing it in a fun new way. And these two, um, I think, are elevating each other, which is most important about a wrestling storyline. Um, Leo Rush, a uh, young cat, a uh, 23-year-old piece of gold, the man of the hour. Uh, he quickly went from the Indies, PWG, went to NXT, and I'm already seeing him on Monday Night Raw. Um, he got moved up to 205 Live, uh, which is one of their other programs, but he's been making appearances on Raw. Um, this is for Nick. He's a Raven stereotype. Yeah, um, does he wear the mask? He's just he's a he's a very no he doesn't wear a mask. Ah. He's just a very uh, small guy in stature. Mm-hmm. He's he's shredded. He's ripped. Doing flips and shit. And he can do crazy stuff. He's excellent on the mic, and he's only twenty three years old. This kid's got a lot in the tank. Is I he hope like he stays healthy. LeBron James of LeBron wrestling. LeBron James. LeBron James. Uh, I think he has the potential to be a person that we're still talking about after he's done with his, like I think he's he if he stays on his track and he keeps his le- his head uh, level because he had a little uh, issue early on in his WWE career he was kind of talking shit on social media mm-hmm. and they kind of I don't know if they suspended him but he was gone for a minute they're basically like hey kid this is your livelihood yeah uh, but I think the sky's the limit with, with him um, another thing that's coming up is the I think they're calling it the Super Showdown or something, but it's in Australia. It's the first event ever in Australia. And 
Triple H and Undertaker are fighting again? Say what? Uh, they're both still wrestling? Say what? Um, Shawn Michaels is going to be in Triple H's corner, and Kane is going to be uh, an Undertaker's corner. Are we corner? staring at a tag team fight? It's going to be, right? Uh, something's going to break out. The old Something's going to break fight. out. Um, Classic. I don't know how I feel about it. I probably won't watch it live. I love all of those dudes, and that's what I grew up on, but it's like, yeah, it seems like they don't know when to like you walk call away. it quits. Um, and then my last thing with wrestling is... Um, uh, this Sunday, uh, the 23rd of September, uh, there is Bumps and Bruises, which is a wrestling show, one-year anniversary show, at uh, Boomtown Brewery in downtown LA. So if you are going to make it out, um, check that out. I will be there in attendance. I'm very excited about that. Um, and I'm going to send it over to Nicholas for this week in basketball. <laughs> All right, this week in basketball, we got a few things, starting with Jimmy Butler wanting out of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Tom Thibodeau does not want him out. The ownership does. It seems like he himself wants out, and it's starting beef with uh, between him, Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins' brother, whose name is Nick. We know that now. He's, doing, he's not doing me any favors with that name. And then also Steven Jackson, because... Steven Jackson decided to chime in and say, Andrew Wiggins, you got no heart, son. And Jimmy Damn. Butler's got all the heart. So it sounds like Jimmy really wants to go to the L.A. Clippers instead of the Lakers, even though they have the cap space, because he does not want to play with LeBron James. LeBron James! Wow. This is a thing. This is a, this is a legitimate thing. A lot of people are like, oh, the Lakers are going to get this guy, and they're going to get this guy, and they're going to get this guy. Not everybody wants to play with LeBron, and it's not because they don't. Uh, maybe like him as a person or think that he's a great basketball player. I don't think there's any denying that. It's a style of play. How do you fit in there? Who's going to be the man? I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. I think the one I'm realizing a lot in NBA, um, I don't know if this is a now thing or forever thing, but there's a lot of egos. Um, yes. Because there's only five men on the court for each team. Um, you know, same with Kobe. A lot of people mm-hmm. didn't like to play with Kobe. Um for me, I think LeBron, LeBron um, in terms of his play, is extremely different than Kobe Bryant. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like he sees the court a lot. I feel like he um, he gets but a lot of assists, too. He does, but the ball is in his hands most of the time. Yeah. Um, He's a franchise. And it, so it makes it tough on a playmaker like Jimmy Butler. I got it. And so, I mean, that's the whole Kyrie thing. Right. right. That's why he left. Right. Um I don't know. What do you think, Nick? Would you want to be, you know, maybe a big dog on your own team, or would you rather work with LeBron and probably win the title? I don't think the Lakers are winning a title. I'd rather be. I'd rather be the big dog on my own team, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm at that level, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good um, point. Because I know I know their style of play. They need the ball in their hands, and LeBron can create like no other. But they won't get the ball in their hands unless LeBron decides to give it to them. Mm. And by then, it's pretty much a catch and shoot situation. So. We'll see what's the fallout with uh, Minnesota. Also, the Dallas Mavericks are dealing with one hell of a legal issue with rampant sexual harassment and uh, assault allegations within the company that apparently everybody knew about except for Mark Cuban, somehow. Um, (laughs) Somehow he's coming out scotch-free. He's been in interviews being pretty pretty upset about it, Um, very disappointed, crying. 
Um, this is all bullshit, right? I can't tell. There's no way you own a team and you don't know. It's hard to... It's Well, it's it started at the people directly below him, and it went all the way down. All the way down. But apparently he didn't know, so it sounds really hard for me to think that he didn't know this was going on. I'm gonna say it's bullshit. Anyway, I guess there's one good thing that's coming out of it, if you want to say it's a good thing, because this is an awful situation. He is going to donate $10 million to organizations that promote women in leadership roles and also combat domestic violence. So $10 million is a lot of money, and that seems like it's going towards a good cause. Uh, Big ol' shitstorm in Dallas. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. <laughs> How you like me now? Go Spurs. Go, go Spurs. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's this week in basketball. And now it's time to talk about, uh, and now it's time to brag on some of our friends. So Trent, why don't you start us out? Cool. Um, something our friends are doing, again, uh, we wish friends of the podcast, Elliot and Katie, the best of moves. They're moving to Austin, Texas. Um, so, uh, yeah. Godspeed and good luck with all of that. We're very excited for you. Uh, we're sad that you're leaving LA, but we're very happy for this next chapter. And we're gonna have to come get some barbecue and uh, see some live music. Nick, what are your friends doing? I want to put some shine on my buddy Panos. I think I've talked about him in some earlier episodes, but he's got an album out. It is in all Greek because he is Greek, but it's called Meta, and you can look it up on iTunes and everywhere else. M E T A. And his name is Panos Vlahos, P-A-N-O-S-V-L-A-C-H-O-S. It's fantastic. He wrote it about uh, an ex-girlfriend of his, the whole thing. It's beautiful. I don't know what it's really saying, but it's great. Um, He just took off for Costa Rica to do some press for like some, it's like some sort of reality show for Greek stars or something. And then from there, he's cool. going over to Greece to do some um, press for the actual uh, album. So he's going to do some signing and some playing over there. And I guess he's getting a lot of looks from big-time Greek artists to help write some songs for them. So it's fantastic what's going on with him. So I wanted to put that out there. Panos Vlahos. Trent, let's segue into what we're doing, dog. Uh, what we're doing. Again, got the comedy show coming up. Got my short film coming out. Um, yeah, man, I got a haircut. You can see. It's been, a, it's been a little while, right? It's been a little while. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd like to shout out our good friends at Benny's Barbershop. Oh, yeah. Who cut your hair this time? Uh, Aria. Nice. Yeah. He, him and um, Fausto is kind of who yeah, it is. I was going to say shout out to Fausto. Yeah, He's right. Guy. Um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I'm going to a wrestling show on Sunday. Haven't seen live wrestling in a while. Very excited about that. Um, big wrestling guy, as you know, big guy. Um, yeah, what do you got going on? Oh, before that, um, how could I forget? I host a podcast. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's called Another Shitty Podcast. And if you want to look it up, it's another S asterisk 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 Y podcast. And that's on iTunes, and we're on Stitcher now as well for all the freaks that have other devices. Uh, but yeah, I host this podcast. I've got a good beard. My co-host has a sexy mustache. His name's Nick. Hey, my name's Nick. Oh! What do you got going on, doggy? Let me tell you. 
Um, the play that I did a few months ago, uh, the story of every amateur play ever performed. Oh yeah, yeah. We are getting back together this Sunday because they've extended the actual script. Now it's 70 pages long. Oh. And speaking of meta, it is very. It's just, you're going deeper and deeper and deeper into who are these people really, who are these people? It's, it's just, this person's playing this person, who's really playing this person, who's actually this person, Whoa. the whole way through. And you have no idea who's actually who the whole time. <laughs> um, so I'm really excited to read that 70 page thing. Uh, uh, my, my short film, the documentary, The Apocalypse Now was denied from the uh, film festival that I entered it in, but I don't quit. I'm gonna start sending it around and probably send it to Seth Word when I get you your beats. You definitely should. Um, what else? I've got this podcast. It's like the coolest thing around. It's just two dudes sitting there on their big black mics, just uttering God sweet nothings <laughs> in your ear, getting you all hot and bothered. What's the name of this podcast? It's called Another Shitty Podcast. Wow. You spell it by typing in the word another, and then S, asterisk, 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 Y, podcast. You can find us on iTunes. You can even find us on Stitcher. So there's no excuses not to listen to us. Hey, maybe you should like go over to those places and listen, rate, review, dream about Trent's dreamy beard, and my sultry stash. Ooh, I like that a lot. We'll see you next week, guys. Peace out, everybody.